Hey guys, it's Mike at Narcoleptic Customs Podcast, episode 22. We are, I have a, a big announcement tonight. We are having our first call-in guest. I'm pumped. Uh, Mr. Dustin Self of Self-Built Fabrication and Welding is calling in. Um, so we'll get to his podcast interview stuff here in just a few minutes. But first, I'm going to give you a quick shop update because we have a ton of stuff going on. Um, I'm going to start right out of the gate. We are going on Rocky Mountain Race Week 2.0 with the Narcs cart. I'm so excited about this. I've always wanted to go to Rocky Mountain Race Week or Drag Week or something like that. We've just never been able to do it in June. Um, well, Drag Week was canceled uh, because there are a bunch of pussies. And the guys, Matt Frost and his team with Rocky Mountain Race Week decided, screw it, we're doing it. So they are doing Rocky Mountain Race Week 2.0, which I'm pumped about because it lets us hang out with all the 301 guys and girls and uh, Jonathan Stonecipher. I think there's a bunch of NWA guys going again. So it's going to be, one, my first event to do like this. Uh, we've done Power Tour twice um, just for three or four nights, but this is a full five-night event or five-day event. Uh, drive to each track, race, make a pass, bring the... Slip up, blah, blah, blah. We're not going to win shit, uh, but we are going to win the hearts and admiration of a ton of different people while we're there um, because the Narcs cart is so much fun. Uh, Matt Frost has already committed to the podcast, whether he wants to or not. Uh, he said he will, so I'm going to hold him to that. So we're going to get a little bit of background on his stuff. Uh, we're going to get some, I'm going to come up with five or six questions for each racer that I can ask, and, uh, and we'll put as much content in the world as we can while we're doing that, uh, while we're there. So everybody, hopefully we can get you a ton of stuff. We're going to do videos every day. I'm going to try and post them, uh, depending on what time we get to the hotels that night. Uh, I'll try and get the video edited and posted for each day. Uh, so let's see how that goes. Um, we, okay, now into shop updates. So the full-size Jeep, the FSJ, the uh, Grand Wagoneer LS swap. Uh, we started it for the first time, so the wiring is good. Uh, we're just cleaning up a few things now. It shouldn't, should be gone soon, so excited about that. A new video loaded on Tuesday for that one. Um, we did a dirt race in the Narcs cart with the guys from NWA Streetworks, and I can't thank our, our tire sponsor enough uh, Hawassi Tire and Lube is awesome to us. We would have never been able to compete. Uh, well, we didn't really compete. It was really like a layout day, but we would have never had the fun we had uh, if it had not been for our tire sponsor, Hawassi Tire and Lube. I'll link them down in the comments there. Um, so Jarrett and his team out there are just awesome. They gave us some 31-inch tires, and uh, we cut the um, fenders and stuff off of the Narcs card. If you're not on our YouTube channel, definitely jump over there. Uh, and see those videos. So I had a ton of fun with that. The car took a beating all day. Uh, Robert with NWA Streetworks actually broke two cars. He broke a Crown Vic that we'll end up racing. Uh, he broke the axle shaft on it. Um, and then he bought a Taurus. It's all in the video. He bought a Taurus and then I don't know what he did to it, but it barely ran by the end of the day. So all of that time spent in the field uh, leads us into the Tortoise 500, which is going to be a 10-car race um, that we basically laid out on Sunday with the cars. All Tortoises, 10 cars, two teams, 
uh, winner-take-all event. It's going to be practice laps, qualifying, uh, two heats, and then the top cars will move on to the main event. And the main event, I don't know, guys, we're talking like, I don't know, anywhere from 15 to 30 laps. So save cars. Uh, YouTube update, we crossed a thousand subscribers. That's so exciting. Uh, appreciate everybody that follows us over there. It is so much fun. Um, we are probably gonna upload our 400th video on the channel sometime, I don't know, early next week, something like that. I think the one tonight of Steven's Dash for the MG uh, puts us at like 397. So big stuff happened in the last week. Big, big stuff happened. Uh, we actually have our first Wrangler uh, in the shop tonight. We're doing a lift kit, three and a half inch lift kit and skid plate combo and diff covers on that. So we're gonna work till the wee hours of the morning on it and then uh, all day tomorrow to get it done. Uh, there'll be a full video that'll do it. I'll probably just do that in one video, uh, not in parts. It'll just be a 20 or 30 minute video and you guys will have to deal with it if you watch them on the channel. So I feel like I've talked a long time here. Five minute intros are long for our podcast, but I wanted to get you guys updated on uh, on everything that we had going. So, all right, let's get to it. All right, guys. Hey, me and Steven here with Mr. Dustin Self of Self Built uh, Fabrication and Chassis, right? Isn't that right? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Sweet. So you do a little bit of everything. So let's uh, let's start from the beginning. Does that sound good? Oh dude? my. That, that, that works for me, brother. All right. So what is – well, let's tell a little backstory from the one day of Facebook Messenger you sent me. So you said you've been in the business and in the scene for a long time. Yep. You're in your early 30s. So, like, yeah. when you say long time, you're what, like 16, 17, 18 years old? I started picking up my first mini truck magazine when I was 12 years old. Oh, dude, that's, so that leads right into the uh, to the first question there. It's like, what, what, is, what is a young Dustin like, an 11, 12-year-old Dustin? Is he a car guy? <laughs> well, 11-year-old um, Dustin was 1998 and in the seventh grade. <laughs> oh, awesome. And uh, so basically my mother worked at a grocery store, and they had a magazine section. Yep. And uh, we had just moved way out into the country. And so I was balancing, you know, I, I'm from Gurdon, Arkansas. There's no city here. It's all backwoods. But proverbially, I moved from the city out into the country. And so I was getting adjusted to that life, being outdoors all the time. But my mother working at the grocery store here in town, the guy that stocked the magazine, he would hand deliver my mother trucking, mini trucking, and street trucks. Dude, that's awesome. Just for me, because my mom knew that I was in the, because I come from two truck drivers. I oh, mean, cool. I've been uh, between two diesels my whole entire life. Wow. And um, we, you know, back 11-year-old me, I was, but I do remember that I had a, like a, uh, like a small four-wheeler chassis. Um, and me and a buddy of mine that we were 11 or 12 years old, we were putting a 250 Nighthawk motorcycle engine in this small four wheeler chassis. 
That's and badass, dude. So I don't know if 11-year-old me was more concerned about going fast and trying to kill myself or if I was trying to get into, I've seen these pictures in these magazines. Is this my gateway to getting into this life? That's awesome. That's awesome. Steven and I, as kids, put bicycles together. All kind of, like, I don't know, we would get, I guess the neighbor kids old bike. We lived in the country too, and so we would get the neighbor kids and our, you know, cousins' bikes and all that kind of stuff when they would outgrow them. And we'd have like these. I can't even imagine how janky they looked, but they were, you know, like with the sixteen-inch front, yeah, yeah sixteen-inch front forward, wheel, handlebar, seat post, rear yep. tire, whatever. Yeah, that's awesome. So it sounds like you were kind of the same way. Yeah, I, man. I just, um, I really didn't have a whole lot to do. Um, being that my, being that my mom was a truck driver and my dad was a truck driver, um, I stayed with my grandma a lot. And so I grew up raking leaves and doing outdoor stuff and, and burning brush piles with my grandma. And then when we moved out into the country, it was just, it was just, uh, you know, moving out there and, and getting used to things and, um, just doing what we could. And, and there was so much to do really. We had we had big river we had a lot of land um so it was like you say if it wasn't a if it wasn't a motorcycle it was a bicycle um so basically man we just did what we could to have fun you know we had trampolines and bikes and we'd go ride and fish and so man i think you can kind of get an understanding of possibly the best i can remember what 11 year old me was like dude that's awesome so with both of your parents driving a truck, I mean, they were probably, I'm not going to say they were car folks, but like generally if you're over the road and a truck driver, you're kind of into car stuff. So I mean, right, did, so, did your, did your folks have anything cool growing up or anything like that? Any cool cars or project cars or anything? My, my, my real dad was a bull hauler. So, um, I get kind of my low rider profile from him. I mean, I'm yeah. a, not, not, I'm a tall guy, but bull riders, or not bull riders, sorry, uh, bull haulers, they were the first guys to originate that big over-the-dash shifter because they like to sit real low in the seat and rest that hand on top of that shifter. Oh, learn something new today. My stepdad was more of a, uh, he was more of a, he was a log hauler, man. I mean, he he was a woodsman. He was a man's man. Uh, ran a chainsaw. Uh, Henry Hammonds was just a legit man's man. Um, that's cool. And that's where I got a lot of my, that's the reason I can go out and I can cut a tree down from the top down. That's the reason I can, I can do, you know, I can drive a truck, but my mom. Okay. So guys, I lost my mom back in February. Damn dude. We lost our dad in February. I know. I I said to hear that man. So we all—it's just crazy how we all experience all these things kind of together, right? And so my mom is where I get all of me from. So wow. back in the seventies, uh, back in the late seventies, my mom had a swivel seat two-door Malibu. Nice. <laughs> uh, it was a two eighty-three car with a four-speed. So where we live now is on U.S. Highway sixty-seven or Arkansas Highway sixty-seven, rather. And um, up the hill, uh, up the hill from our house, it's a it's a long straight stretch. But up the hill, 
now is where the, the school campus is, the school that I actually work for. That's where they're at. Well, back in the 70s, my mom and her boyfriend, they used to push that two-door Malibu out of the driveway into the street. My mother was a teenager. And they would <laughs> crank. They had, the way she always explained it to me was like, they didn't have electric cutouts. They welded ball valves in the exhaust. <laughs> yeah. And it they would cr- or nothing. They would crank that car up out on the highway and they would drag race down the hill into town. So we're talking about like a mile and a half drag race. <laughs> oh my god, dude, that's awesome. And then okay, so to boot, it's unofficial, but We'll get into it. I'm not going to name the name right now because I know we'll get into it. But the track that I was associated with here recently, my mother was the record holder at that track for a female on a motorcycle. Damn, dude, your mom's hot. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. She kind of raced what I think would have been back in the day a pro stock motorcycle. Dude, that's badass. So she was a wild child, and and like my mom's best friend, when when my mother was in the process of passing away, my my mother's best friend was there, and she looked at me in the eyes and she said, "Dustin, there's things that me and your mama did that I can't even speak of today." <laughs> <laughs> and so my my mother was a wild child. I know she was, and so I can I can literally credit all of my car um, stuff to. I don't remember it but there are pictures my mom had a uh had a step side 63 small window chevrolet um when i was a young kid probably four to maybe five six seven years old and uh we we always we never had anything like subpar i remember in the 90s we had an ss uh ss uh monte carlo the last body style of the Monte Carlo. Yep. yep. Uh, back in the late nineties, early two thousands, uh, we had she she drove an SS two door Monte Carlo. Dude, and that's so awesome. We just, I, you know, and it's funny because it takes like this kind of stuff for me to look back and reflect on exactly what went on in my childhood. Hey, let, let me tell you something real quick. So, I I have the same issue where I I really like it takes me a long time to kind of get back into those memories. Like when we're telling a story, yeah. So I've that's why I did the I started the videos was so I could remember that stuff later on, right? Because I'm not gonna remember yeah. it. Like I don't know, my brain just works to where <laughs> I'm worried about the next thing that I'm gonna learn. I learn, 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 right? Well, it's it's our brain is only so big, and you know they say we don't yeah. use all of it, and that's a shame. But yeah, you can only you can only put so much information back and forth into your brain. Yeah, I'll agree with that. So, you know, I mean, it's just like, what do I need to know today? Um, it's like, uh, oh, like yeah. I, there's just so much that I think we're going to get into that this is just going to be such an awesome podcast. Right. So, all right. So let's let's kind of stay in line with that. So, like, uh, we learned how cool and badass your mom is. So, <laughs> and and your, your dad and your stepdad, I mean, obviously. And then, yeah. like, how uh, – like, what did you learn to drive in? Like, with having cool folks around like that, what did, what did you learn to drive in? This is kind of like the least cool thing we'll probably talk about today. But oh, I, I learned to drive. I started driving when I was 12. 
because in 98, we moved down to the country. And so we, I remember, I don't remember how we got this car, but I started learning to drive in a 1980 Datsun B210 four-door. Oh, my God. Talk about boring. But listen, (laughs) is it really? Because think about it. If, if like, I still had that car now, it would make such a badass drag car. Factory factory rear cool-sprung rear-wheel drive car. (laughs) Right? Yeah, dude, that'd be awesome. And a strut-style front suspension. Dang, I didn't even think about that. I guess they would have been, yeah. So I, I'll give you that. That's kind of a cool car. Yeah, I mean it was ugly as sin. <laughs> but but we uh, got the job done. <laughs> it, it did. We um I ran around with a bunch of boys, uh his in my in my early teenage years, thirteen, fourteen, uh their dad had a had a paint had a paint shop. And um, that's where that's where I really kind of started to get this custom bug, I guess you could say. Yeah. Uh, because man, we uh, we didn't really do much to that car. I know I know they helped me heat the the cools up. We heated the front cools, heated the rear cools, and um, we had we we painted black flames on it. It had black flames from the hood all the way back to the rear quarter panel. Oh my God, that's <laughs> awesome. And uh, you know, I wish that. I was talking to my buddy Tommy the other day, and I, I, he thinks that there's a picture of that of that car in one of his mom's photo albums. Oh, dude, and that'd be cool. He, he's going to try to dig it up. Um, the, the unfortunate thing is about five years ago, their house burned partially. Oh, yep. And, and his mom thinks that most of that stuff was in the other part of the house that was saved. So we'll just have to see. But I, yep. I'll kind of try to I'll try to work on that. Um, yeah, dude, but what awesome. that... What that car ended up doing was uh, becoming a drift car before we knew what drifting was. <laughs> because we had so many dirt roads to drive on. And I was young, and and all I cared about was going fast. But we put this car on its side one night. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> we were coming around a curve, and there was a deer in the middle of the road, and I overcorrected. I remember it vividly. It's funny because I overcorrected. We missed the deer, but I dropped my left rear wheel off in the ditch, and the car was like instantly on its side. Oh, my God. Just boom, snap we, of a finger, we, you're on your side slide. Well, we never slid. It was like it stuck. So we <laughs> – it was three. There were three of us in the car, and we're lucky we didn't die. We got out. We all jumped up on the passenger side and pulled it back down. I said, hey, I think we need to give it a minute to let the oil drain back into the pan. We didn't. We cranked it right back up, and it smoked all the way to the house. <laughs> That's awesome, Pen it win it, baby. Pen it to win it. Yeah, you got to burn that. You got to burn that oil off. It don't drain. You got to burn it off. But it, it killed it. <laughs> oh, man. It ended up, uh, I, I think what now that, like, I know what I know, my guesstimate was that it probably uh, – Got too much oil in one of the cylinders and basically hydrolocked the engine. Probably blew a piston. Probably yep. destroyed some rings. Yep. And and that motor was just tough as nails, and so it just got you to the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that was like a one point six liter four cylinder. Oh man, powerhouse! <laughs> probably made all of forty seven horsepower. Man, I bet it made sixty. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, it made enough to drift on the dirt roads. 
it was fun because I mean, it, the shocks were probably blowed smooth out, and we just didn't have any control. So that's probably what Matt got it so loose in the rear end. Yeah, that's awesome. That's what awesome. else, man? So let's talk about like what like what was your first car? I mean, obviously that was like the car you learned to drive on and get around in. But like, what would you consider like your first car? Ma'am, I had an '88 two-door or a uh, square body S10. Really? Shit, I had an '89 for a long time. Well, for like two um, years. It was a, uh, it was a, a four point. Uh, no, no, no. It was a two two point four liter truck with a five speed. Oh God, no! We end up we pulled the four three out of mine and put a V8 in it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's to be expected. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wasn't. I wasn't. I didn't have those opportunities, I don't guess, as a kid to really get into, like, stuff like that. But thank God for, like, mini trucking magazine and things because my first lowering kit probably come from uh, not Chassis Tech, but um, there was another company. I can't remember what it was. They sold a bunch of aftermarket truck stuff. DJM. Well, it was definitely a DJM kit, but I can't yeah. remember the place I ordered it from. But it was definitely I, – I, I put three-inch coils in the front and four-inch blocks in the back. Hell, yeah. Um, <laughs> I was able to snag some, uh, some of the 98 Unup Twist 15 wheels. Yep. And uh, I drove that truck till it blew up. Dude, you were styling. <laughs> well, it was – the truck was great, and um, – it wasn't it wasn't nice at all, but it was lowered because I just had this whole idea that I wanted to be like what I was looking at in these magazines. Oh yeah, dude. Drop it, wheels, you're set. And it's sixteen. Here's what's crazy. So I had the job at the grocery store in town and dude, I made like hundred and twenty bucks a week and I built that <laughs> V eight S ten blazer. I mean it had a stall and all this kind of oh, shit wow. on it, right? And like yeah, it was. It, it wasn't fast, but it was fast for 1998 high school. You know, dude, I can't build nothing on 120 a day now. Shit, I know. <laughs> so, so I gotta ask Stephen if he remembers this blazer. Which boy, Michael's blazer? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. shit, yeah, dude. Was, hey, it, had, was, was it was it really fast or was it just like kind of fast? In 98, it was fast. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was I, probably like a. It was good. It was really an eighth mile truck because the gears in the back were whatever came factory, <laughs> so it was yeah. deep, right? But it had dual three inch Flowmaster two chambers, which are now like a forty series, what they call them, you know, dude. It was yeah. so freaking loud, like ungodly <laughs> loud. So like we had the the roads in Blyville are a lot like the roads where you're at. They're just flat and straight, right? Yeah. So we would we would come over the top of this overpass and I would just mat this truck. Dude, it had a turbo three fifty <laughs> in it. I couldn't have been doing eighty five miles an hour. But we would just it, the speedo would be buried forever, right? <laughs> and then we just let off and coast the other two miles to the house. It was ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah, that's good stuff, man. Oh man, yeah, it was I fun. Coming, I remember coming off that overpass and the front shock was gone, son. Gone. <laughs> all that, all that weight up front just bounced forever. Oh yeah, because yeah. we would hit the overpass at about forty, 
And by the time we got to the end of the over, like the bottom out of the overpass, we were doing about 70, and it would just bounce and bounce and bounce and bounce. <laughs> but, hell, it was like drag shocks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. You, you literally had – you literally had a street truck. You had like what what oh, people yeah. take out on the street today, yeah. Oh, yeah, but exactly. Think right. about think about how different fast is now versus oh, fast yeah. in like 1999. That's what oh, we dude. talked about the other day. Is like holy shit. Yeah, dude. You know, hey, 13 you, seconds. Th- yeah, back it was, then, fast. was fast. Well, what uh, was it? Uh, Steven said 13 seconds in 98-99 was fast. Well, what was it that uh, Dom and and, uh, what was the what was the time that they were looking for in in, uh, the first Fast and the Furious? Was it 10 seconds? Yeah, 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 they were going to build a 10 second car. (laughs) Yeah, now you're getting laughed. Now you got to build a four and a half second car. Never been. Yeah, you got to be running south of four or five now. Oh, yeah, dude, to even be close. And, and it'd be a street car with AC on, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. That's spot on. Yep, that's wild. So, hey, so let, let's say let's stay young, Dustin. We'll talk drag racing and oh, updated my. stuff here in a minute. What, what was your first job? What did you have first? Man, I worked at a, um, a, a shop here in town that's still here. Um, it's a big truck shop called Callie's Pena Station. Uh, Johnny Callie's the current owner. Owner. Uh, he was the owner when I was a kid, and his dad was the owner before him. So it's uh, like Man, a three or awesome. four generation. Yeah, they've been servicing Clark County um, in the diesel industry since, man, way back when. Wow, and, uh, so what the hell did you do there? Man, I was uh, just a gopher, and uh, I, I went and got I, – I, I, you know, I worked way up. And that's what I did the whole time I was in high school, from the time I was in the ninth grade all the way up to the time I was a senior. I worked for Johnny Kelly. And so I went from, you know, sweeping the parking lot to uh, changing big truck tires and doing big truck oil changes and service and repair and stuff like that. Dude, that's really cool, man. It is. it, Man, and I'm, I'm telling you, dude, um, you, talk, you talk about a family of people that I just love dearly and that I have a lot to credit to because, man – some of them guys that I worked with there, they were hard on me, and, and it, it developed thick skin, and that's just something you don't see much anymore. No, no, man, I agree with that. There's a, there's a bunch of kids that can't take that anymore. It won't take right. that anymore. Yep. They're like, no, nope, you hurt my feelings, I'm leaving. What? Yeah, pretty <laughs> yep. much. Oh, that's awesome, dude. So uh, now you're let's, – let's put – we're going to talk about the shop in just a minute, but let's talk about – because uh, you kind of hit on some kids earlier and things like that. Let's talk about family life. Because I want to yeah. I want to find out how the gaggle of kids you have works into <laughs> your <laughs> doing stuff on the side for uh, self built. So so it, you're married. Tell us how long uh, yeah. you're married and how many kids you got and all that stuff. Um, I've been married this year in February. I've been married ten years. Dang. Um. I've been with my wife for a total of about 13 years and she, she knows it to the date. Like, you know how, you know how (laughs) women are and, and that special gift that they have, uh, always remembering first, uh, you know, these, all these dates and I'm super thankful for her because along with those dates comes birthdays and social security numbers. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, like right now I'm panicking because like it's either today or tomorrow or Sunday, 
that me and Lauren been by talking together for like four years now. So I'm Damn, like, dude, <laughs> that's how you. Hey, it's a good thing you were on this podcast so you can remember yeah. that shit. And get I was like, flowers. yeah. I was thinking about it earlier. I was like, oh shit, I don't know what the day was, but <laughs> she knows exactly what the day was. I'm like, I don't that, have that opportunity. I'm sorry. That's the that's the game. That's truly the name of the game, and um. So, we've been married for 10 years. Like I said, February, we celebrated 10 years of wedding, uh, a 10-year wedding anniversary. Um, we have, in order, we had three girls first, then we had a boy, and then we had a girl. So, Dang. for those of you counting at home, that's four girls and one boy. Man, see, here, here's the thing. I have two girls. And I don't want to, I was scared to have another kid because I was afraid I'd have three girls. <laughs> so I can't imagine well, your house. That's how I, well, I'm going to say that's a, that's, that's a, it's a good life. And man, I tell you, I'll be, I'll be the first one to be honest with you about how like hard this kind of balancing all this has been. Um, we moved, uh, like I said, I grew up here. And um, I, the day I graduated, um, side note, the day I graduated, I didn't even stay around for anything after the graduation because you know what was the weekend I graduated in 2005? Oh, no. Showfest. <laughs> You're like, I'm out. I'm out. Go. Go. That, that would have been my third year to go to Showfest, and um, there was no way I was missing it. That's awesome, but um, yeah, man. So we when I when I left here, I went to Wyoming. I'm a I'm a Y O Tech graduate. Um, oh, part of me wants to say that was a waste of a bunch of money, but it kind of is and it kind of isn't because it's gotten me pretty much every step of the way um, to where I am to where I am today. Um, I've got friends. I've got lifelong friends that I made there in Laramie, Wyoming, and so. I think all in all, yeah, it was pretty worth it. Um, yeah, I left yeah, Laramie sure. and moved straight to the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And that's where I met my wife. I'm sure we'll get back into that, but I met my wife there. And uh, after a few years, we moved back here. How did um, you give talk our, to moving back there? From um, Dallas. Man, my wife's originally from Houston. And uh, so she was pretty done with the busy life. Yeah. Um, her first time coming here, uh, we, She's like, I love I, <laughs> she loves the peace and quiet here. Uh, just never, we all, we go back as much as we can. Her family, most of her family still lives there. And so my wife doesn't miss it. She doesn't miss the hustle and bustle of the big city. Um, she, she just pretty much has planted her roots here. And so, uh, we moved here with three daughters and, um, it gave them a better opportunity in the public school system. Yeah. yeah. Big, uh, big small, fish, small pond type thing. Yeah. Not, not yeah. necessarily small pond, but you know what I mean. Oh, I mean, like, totally like small the, pond. There, there's not 4,500 kids at, at the high school. There's not five <laughs> high schools in town. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. So yep. that was a big deciding factor in the fact that we could slow down, uh, get our kid, get our kids some better opportunity, get them out of the city, get them some fresh air. Um, give them the opportunity to live, live maybe possibly a better life. And it it all, it all worked out in the end. And, um, we're, we're deeply rooted into the community. Um, we, 
we've garnered a lot of respect from this community and what we do. Um, but there was a time where I didn't work around here. Um, I worked construction. I was on the road. Uh, I would be gone sometimes. Um, I'd leave out Sunday morning or Sunday evening, and I wouldn't get back till Saturday morning. God dang, dude, you're crazy. So, I mean, I made a boatload of money, but I just wasn't home. And um, I, I give that up, and I went to work for the uh, Arkansas what is now the Arkansas Department of Transportation. It was um, it was the AHTD back when I worked for them. I was there uh, four years as a welder. And um, then I landed the job where I'm at now. And um, it's, it's just been tough balancing everything over the years and, and then transitioning with all that kind of weight on your shoulders, transitioning from your 20s to your 30s. Oh yeah, dude. And balancing yeah, I'm fixing it transition all. from my thirties to forties. <laughs> like, damn. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I, yeah, I, I can, I can totally understand that. So, <laughs> basically, we've gotten to a point now where everybody's comfortable. Um, we're down. We're now down to our youngest two kids. Um, our third oldest daughter graduated. Uh, a few weeks ago, thanks to the coronavirus, uh, <laughs> she finally, finally got to actually have a graduation. Um, she'll be she'll be moving out of the house here in a couple of weeks, and it'll just be um, us and our two younger kids. Um, and wow. it's never been that way. We've never had less than three kids at one time. We've had all five in the same house at one time. Um, so how, how old's your youngest? So my youngest um, is four, oh, and my God. oldest. <laughs> my oldest is 22. We really are. I just, I thank God every day for the family that I have. That's really cool, man. And then, um, we have, um, we, all of our kids are high personality kids, but, um, <laughs> we, uh, my youngest daughter, her name is, uh, she's got a bunch of names. Uh, her actual <laughs> real name is Avery Jane Pearl Self, but we call her the honey badger. Oh my God! <laughs> so, it, it like I said, man, and I don't know if we got it in the first um, uh, in the first of the episode if that'll come out, but you know we talked about the YouTube channel um, and basically just it, it's about what it's like being a self. It's nothing special. It's nothing out of the ordinary, but it's special to us, and, it, and it's kind of like the last name Narks. I mean, you don't you don't see that anywhere else. <laughs> no, no, not very. And hey, if you do, we're related. <laughs> I, I could I could totally imagine that. I could totally imagine that. <laughs> That's funny. So so hey, so as the future of the channel grows, I mean, you're going to get some of them kids in. Is it going to be like a family channel? You think it, it will probably definitely be a family channel, but it's not going to be like a. Um, I, crap, I can't think off the top of my head some of these shows my kids watch. But this is yeah. going to be far different. Um, it's going to be far different than that because we are a family that, um, well, we bought a Jeep. So now that we, now we Jeep, um, we hunt, we fish. Uh, my son, he welds. And so I mean, we, dude, I, I'd watch that show. I know, man. <laughs> I know. It's just like balancing it all and getting the time to do it. 
Um, And I'm slowly getting to that point because I I like the way you think and kind of where you're going with that because, man, we just – we just are getting to the point now where we do a lot more. We're not as busy as we used to be. Yep. But but still respectably busy. Oh, well, I mean, here's here's the reality of it. You're just busy at different stuff. Like, you, you're not running four kids back and forth to whatever they're into at that time, whatever they're playing or whatever, and then trying to it. work the shop in. Now you're like, oh, I got an extra night of the week. I'm going to work in the shop, <laughs> you know? Well, and see, you know? my wife has – my wife has her own business too that she runs out of our house. Oh man! And and it just doesn't. It never stops. And see, like going back to my wife, and I just can't speak of how supportive she's always been to me and my passion. And That's I knew great. she was. I knew my wife was hooked on this when she told me one day. She said, "Hey, I changed my email." And I said, "You changed your email? What to?" And she said, "Well, I'm now Mrs. Self-Built." Oh, cool. And so I knew at that point I had a ringer, and I had to work hard. I had to work harder than anything I've ever worked hard in my life to keep my wife. And it's not really that hard of a job, but it's just playing by the rules and understanding that you got the utmost support that you could probably ever get from your most loved ones. Oh, yeah, dude. I'm telling you, supportive wives help a bunch. Supportive wives save lives. Hey, there you go. Hashtag. <laughs> That's awesome. So so here's what Steven and I have devised for shop nights here at old Narcoleptic Customs shop yeah, at Michael's house. So we do like two nights a week that we work in the shop, generally Wednesday night, Friday night, sometimes a weekend day. Is that kind of how you do your stuff? I do I mean, it a little different because <laughs> I'm always at my shop. Um, I, I work, so my actual title is director of transportation for the public school system that I work for. Oh, cool. So I work on school buses every day. Right. And I'm fortunate enough that it was, it was blessed to me that I get to work out of this shop. Oh, that's cool. Um, I don't let it overcome this shop. I do one project at a time. I keep everything low key. Yep. And it works out great. Unless you Dude, got like awesome. a black dually that's been there for a while. Well, oh, black, yeah. a black or that's dually been that, real big hammered up. Well, yeah, I was going to say a black dually that was a can of worms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think even a can of worms is not respectable. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, but, um, from the pictures I've seen, it's in good hands for sure. Ma'am, I appreciate that. Um, I think that it'll come out smelling like a rose. I think it's going to be a totally different truck. And, um, man, I'll never I, – I, I, it was an it was an absolute pleasure to meet Steven. And um, I think his first words when he got out of that big truck of his, he was like, damn it, could you live any further from northwest Arkansas? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, dude. That's probably about right. And uh, we, we, we him hauled around and, and cut the bull for a little bit, and I gave him a tour of the shop, and we had a good talk and a good time. And that's just kind of what we do here. That's yeah. cool, man. It was a so, lot of fun, Sam. How the, how the, the turbo cards turn out, turbo piping turn out? So it turned out pretty good. Um, the, the owner of that car, like I said, he lived in Dallas, and um, his brother lives here local to me. Uh, but they, um, they come and got the car here a while back and took it back to Dallas. So it's there at uh, Johnny's shop. 
and uh, he's yeah. doing the wiring on it, getting it finished, and we'll be seeing it here at some no prep events here pretty soon. Sweet. Now I didn't, I hadn't heard. I think I saw pictures of it. What's the story on this car? Um, it uh, as far as like the build or what it is. Yeah, man. Um, it was a, uh, it was a Chevrolet Vega, and uh, there's pictures on my Instagram. It came in. Uh, with a 355 small block and basically was a nitrous car. Uh, a lot of cars around here um, are nitrous cars, like the turbo market in this direct area, not abroad, but in this direct yes. area. A lot of guys are still running nitrous. Gotcha. And, um, they ain't got that this, turbo out ran yet. Yeah, they haven't well, by a turbo yet. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, it's I, I I can't wait to get into that conversation. But basically, um, it was done by another shop, uh, turboed by another shop. The customer was unhappy with the work, and it came here. We uh, we cut everything off at the headers and remounted the turbo, repiped it, replumbed it, re-exhausted it, and uh, the customer left happier than he's ever been. Dude, that's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. That's how so, done. All right, so let, let's let's stay on. You said it's on your Instagram page. Let's run through how people can see the stuff that you do. So, so are you on? You're on Facebook. We said that earlier. Is is everything yeah. under self built? Or kind of give us a rundown of the names of the uh, outlets. Man, I don't think I've done very well at keeping all that together. Um, so my Facebook is self built welding and fabrication. My Instagram is self-built fab. And cool. then my my YouTube, excuse me, my YouTube is self-built rods. Okay. Well, so so I, here's the good thing about all that stuff. You can always change those names. So, and then I, I'm going to link all the, con, I'm going to link all the, all of those down below in the show notes. So people can just hook those up right on their phone. So they can start following them too. Well, thank you so much. And I'm working on getting it changed through Facebook right now. Um, my business has seen so many changes uh, over the past 11 years. Um, I, I am Dustin Self, DBA, uh, several different names over the years. <laughs> um, I've been self-built. Started out when we moved here. Um, I gave um, Robbie Bryant at Keg Media a call, and he designed a logo and everything for me. My first company name was Self-Built Rod and Custom. Um, I morphed that. that, that I was just saying that, that would make sense for the timing. You know, like 2008, yeah. 2009. Yep, yep, basically. And then um, we we I got into um, the the ATVs and the four wheeler thing got real big around here. So we went to uh, we went to self built motorsports uh, because we started doing uh, stuff that wasn't really fab and chassis work. Yep. And so it was just continually branding myself to stay relevant and keep business in this area. Oh, that makes sense, dude. And then um, when I went to work for the highway department, I went to self-built welding and fabrication because at that time I had a Miller Trailblazer on a trailer and I was doing mobile welding. Hmm. That's and cool. then uh, when I moved back here, um, the first project that I got back, the first project I think that really got me back into welding and fabrication that kind of made me swing back to fab and chassis was probably Robert Suber's Lolo. Really? 
Um, it was the first car that ever made it into the new self-built fab and chassis shop. Dude, that's cool. Um, Super had given me a call and said, hey, I know you know hydraulics. You've been around for a while. And I said, yeah, I know hydraulics. And he said, I bought this gem of a car. And um, it took a long time to build that one because we we uh, designed and redesigned and over-designed and redesigned. Um, <laughs> there was just a lot to that car. That's cool, man. But, but, yeah, that's kind of what got the ball back rolling again on a self-built fab and chassis. Wow. So, now, we, we talked earlier about um, the shop. You work daily in the shop for work work, and then you have your stuff there in, a, a I would imagine, a bay or a stall. So, yep. So it's it's a bit of a drive from the house, 5, 10, 15 minutes, something like that then? Six minutes. Oh, dude, that's awesome. So that's not bad. <laughs> yeah. But before we built the shop, and I'll just tell you, we I bought the lot I live on with the intention of building a shop and then went through a whole bunch of shit with the bank trying to get a loan to build the shop. And so I almost rented a shop somewhere else and the closest one I could find was like 20 minutes away that I could afford, you know, to have to basically pay out of my pocket, you know, and uh, sure. I just, I couldn't bring myself to pay that. So, yeah, we, and you see that problem in a lot of places, rent just eats up the bill. Oh yeah, dude. Well, and for us, like we may, because of the time before Steven lived here that I would work on stuff, it may take me three or four or five months to finish a swap or something like that. And so, you know, if I'm waiting till the end of that to get that money, dude, that's way too long, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because working by yourself is just not simply easy in this business. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, all right, so we talked about when you started the shop. Um, do you remember your first, like, paying customer like what what you worked on in my career or on my own no on your own yeah all right so i built a 1969 chevrolet suburban for a gentleman in east texas um it was a full chassis build body drop and uh, it actually made it into a busted knuckles feature in truck and magazine Dude, that's awesome. I mean, talk about like a, going right for the jugular. I mean, dang. Just step <laughs> well, out and I mean, do something. <laughs> it, it was a it was a piece of work, man. It was a full chassis. I've I for some reason always leaned to full chassis build. Oh, cool. And uh, so it was um, it was a stock four body drop chassis using the stock front cross member. Oh wow! Um, really. So it was. It, it, it got a bunch of lift because it was designed with factory control arms in mind, with re refabricated geometry, and so, dude, this truck was super drivable. Oh, that's cool, man! But with lay rocker. <laughs> but with lay rocker, this thing yeah. was super low, and so there's there's build pictures on it on, on the Facebook. That's cool, man. That's cool. So, so you you basically said my next question there was kind of, what is your preferred type of work? Oh uh, uh, man, 
I mean, are you kind of like a metal fab guy? You like wiring? I, I get, it sounds like you are more suspension kind of guy. We've got some folks over, so you'll hear some background noise of Stephen talking. <laughs> well, I just, I just hope that don't affect the podcast too bad. <laughs> right? Um, not a bit, not a big deal at all. So basically, um, I like the heavy metal side of the fabrication. Yeah. Um, Spending a day with the bandsaw, cutting out the frame rails, jigging the frame rails up, going to the drawing board, designing the suspension, and then getting it all put together. I'm really not super keen on um, sheet metal stuff. <laughs> Sorry. I, I thought we were like, tell Stephen, chop it. Damn. Waving, your, waving your arms in the air, throwing rocks at him. Yeah. Yep. So, so, yeah, man, I mean, we're, I'm capable of doing some light sheet metal work. I don't have some of the newer, awesome sheet metal working tools. But to a degree, I can do a lot of sheet metal work in this shop. But mostly we are geared towards doing the heavier side of things that's cool man that's cool so we i feel like we've run the gamut of some stuff but i want to i want to find out what what's been your favorite car that you've worked on for someone else we'll talk yep. about your own cars in a minute but your favorite car you've worked on for somebody else uh under self-built oh man i, I was worried you were going to hit me with self-built um <laughs> We can talk about because, other stuff in a minute, but like under your okay. business stuff. Man, I gotta be honest. There's a bunch of cool stuff I've worked on. I've loved everything I've worked on. Um, but I built I built Robert's Cutlass with a purpose. Oh yeah. Like it brought me back to my roots. It was a Regal, not a Cuddy. Yep. Um, so I built Subaru's Regal with a purpose, man. It got me back to my roots. It reminded me of where I started. That's it awesome. got me revisioned on what it was I was set out to do through this company. Right. And, man, I loved it. Um, and, hey, it creates- it's a badass car. It, Bad it, man, it created like it created new friendships. Um, I got to give a huge shout out to Steve Lane um, with uh, Hydrohaulics. Yeah, because he guided me through this new wave of hydraulic suspension. Um, reminded me how to do things. We had some good conversations, um, and getting to man. At that time, there had not been that many Hydroholics products on true lowrider style cars. Really? Like, what were they? So, uh, I guess probably lifted trucks, huh? No, 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 no. Um, uh, the, the, gold, the gold Nissan hard body, that chassis by Aaron Eha. Okay, yep, yep. I mean, builds like that, super clean mini trucks, cars, import cars, Lexuses. Um, I mean, the scene out in Arizona with hydraulics is very diverse, very, very diverse. That's cool, man. And so, man, I got to give it to Subaru and and his Regal 
about about just bringing me back to kind of a center. That's cool because it gave you the chance to really get back into what, like, okay, I can take a minute and do this, figure out what I want to do with this car. That's cool. So now well, you, you alluded to some other stuff. What other stuff have you worked on that's kind of been your top cars? <laughs> I'm going to find the video on YouTube, and I'll get it to you so you can share it. But okay. it's not – I have to find it. I think my buddy's got it. So I was in Texas uh, working for a shop when the when the donk boxing bubble scene yeah. got, to, got to the heart of Texas. Um, I built a lot of those cars, a lot of those cars. Um, and one of my, one of my favorite cars I've ever built was a, uh, I think it was a crown Vic, but man, it was green. It was lime green, had ghost flames on it. This car had a full custom built suspension underneath it on thirties. What? And, uh, we got to drive this car for a long time because it had air ride and stuff on it. Mm Mm-hmm. Man, it was a game changer. It was truly a game changer. Dude, what's so funny is I would drive a, I would I would drive a donk in a heartbeat. But I, I'm not a 30 guy. I'm like a 24 or 6 guy, but 24. Hey, I'm telling you, a 24 with like a 295 55 24 is an excellent tire for a lifted car. Right, cuz you still get a little bit of little bit of sidewall and you get, you get a wheel and like a two-door 77 Caprice. You're, you're pretty much on the money. I was a wagon guy. I was always about the Caprice wagon. Oh, I can deal with that. Yeah, that's cool, man. But going farther back than that, um, in probably 2000 and maybe seven, I worked for a company in Leonard, in Leonard, Texas called Dusty Rods. And to my knowledge, we built the first and possibly still the only, um, Independent rear suspension cab over pickup. Dude, that's and it badass. was it was called Rusty Nuts. That's badass. It was a full chassis build that used a uh, eighty-eight, like an eighty-seven, eighty-eight, one-ton front crossmember and control arms. Yeah, but with the help of the shop owner, uh, guy's name was Dusty Harmeyer. And his dad, Bob Hauermeyer, they were hot rod guys, still are to this day. Great guys, great guys. Taught me a lot about the hot rod industry. We built a, I'll find pictures of it somewhere. We built a parallel four-link rear independent rear suspension. What the hell? How the hell does that even make sense? Well, the knuckles on a Corvette, like an 80s Corvette IRS. Yep, yep. We, it seemed like those, if I remember right, that car had kind of like a parallel four bar yep. suspension that mounted to the knuckle. Does that yeah. seem right? Man, see, I would think it would have been supported from the middle, but dude, maybe it was. It had a, it had a, uh, if I remember right, it had a uh, fiberglass leaf, uh, fiberglass mono yeah. leaf in the rear. Yep. Yep, that swung between both of them. Like both sides, yeah. it wasn't like a regular leaf, like on a truck or something. Yeah, so basically right. what we did is we made those those stock arms heavier duty and longer, and we used shockwaves in the rear. And this Dude, thing had awesome. a 500, 
Well, this thing had a 500 cubic inch Cadillac engine behind the cab. Come on. That's all, it's called Rusty Nuts? Rusty Nuts. The name of the truck was Rusty Nuts. And the it. guy that owned it, the guy that owned it was out there. He was a wild guy. But, dude, he had such a vision for this truck that drew so much attention. That's awesome. So, uh, so let's stay on that for a second. Are you, are you a build name kind of guy? Like you want your, your vehicles to have names and all that kind of stuff? We've been just notorious about naming our vehicles goofy names because we had a gaggle of kids, you know. Yeah. But um, the honey badger. I mean, come on. Well, you have you, you'll you'll meet this kid eventually, and there's a reason we call her the honey badger because it, it's a whole bunch. I ain't care. That's awesome, uh, dude. So yeah, I mean, I, I you know I've never been in the position to like have something real super custom to give a cool name to. Um, I, you know, I have my, my personal projects. Yep, which we're um, going to get into next. And I just don't have, I just don't find names for them. They don't land with me because I don't guess I've ever finished them. Um, well, uh, I take that back. I take that back. So my XJ that I just bought, we call it Ron Burgundy. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> because it's it's burgundy, yep. and it, it was just the first thing come to mind. Now, um, I want to get to the, I want to get to the XJ second because I think that it's uh, I think it's something we can touch on real quick, and we yep. might get some feedback com- from your community on it. Yeah. Um, my other project is something I've been working on for about oh about ten years. Um. I have a 1949 Chevrolet pickup that my grandfather bought brand spanking new. Oh, my God, dude. That's awesome. Um, it's pretty well cut up. Yeah. Uh, as far as the fact that it's got a full chassis underneath it and it's not really been modified body-wise. Ooh, so cool. it's got the stock frame rails, but I've modified the stock frame rails in some ways that the naked eye can't find. Okay. It's got the front suspension's been built, but I mean, it's so old now, it's all got to be rebuilt. Just facts. Things well, have changed. Yep. T- ten, years, 10 years of build process, and you're like, damn, I got to change it to something else. Well, the truck, I drove it with the Babbitt Marion 216. Uh, oh, I cool. bagged it. I bagged it and drove it for maybe a week on that Babbitt Barry 216. And uh, it did what all Babbitt Barry motors do. And it just imploded. Damn. So then I went to a Vortec, like a 98 model Vortec 350. Yep. We never could get it to run right because there was at that time no, like, uh, standalone tuning available for it. Right. I think Black Bear had, like, the closest thing to what we have in tuning now. But that was right about the time the LS market started getting big. You're like, yeah, we're going to LS it. And then, then we had a kid. Yeah. <laughs> then you're like, damn money. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and it's been like that. And that's why I'm saying, man, this, this year, aside from losing mother and the COVID, um, this year was kind of supposed to be that year. Um, right. And then we got uh, we got a certain black dooley in the shop. It means a lot <laughs> to me to have that build. And so yep. um, I don't have a problem with just putting – I understand we're not guaranteed the next day, but – Yep. I'll just take my bets on getting the next day. 
Oh yeah. Well, and dude, that's the thing for us too. So, um, I'm the great thing. And I've always said this and I've actually got a video teed up that I need to finish about why everybody needs an old project car. And one of the reasons is, is you can work on it whenever you have the time or want to, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Cause like it's never going away. You just don't work on it this week or month or year. You just work on it when you want to, you know? And I think that's yeah. one of the biggest things that like this new generation of folks, you know, that I see at car shows stuff, a lot of these kids, it's not hard for them to get financing. So they go to, cause they're, you know, their parents bought cars on payments. So they just go to the dealership and buy a car on payments and they, so you're doing mods that you have to do in a weekend to be able to drive your car to work on Monday, you know, but if, if there were more old school cars, people were had as projects and just drove their dailies, then you would have people. I don't know, man. I just, old cars are definitely a need for people to have a, you have to have an old project car. Cause it, the other side of that too is like shit can sit there for three years and you go out and put a battery in it, good fuel and it starts. You can't, yeah. you can't really necessarily do that on something that's 2017, you know? Well, you know, I'm, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed when it comes to carburetors. No, but man, a buddy of mine has taught me a lot about carburetors here lately. And the fact that they make blow-throughs now for turbos, and they pretty much always have, but now it's gotten to be a huge, it's a huge market uh, with with quick fuel and what they're making in carburetors. But man, kids need to uh, kids need to learn how to tune on a carburetor, man. I don't Um, know, man. I'm a I'm a throw a fi tech or Holly sniper on that bitch and let's roll. (laughs) And see, I'm an LS guy. Just go to the junkyard, get an LS, throw it in, you can have it tuned in a weekend. Uh, everybody's got a uh, everybody's got a buddy now that's a tuner. Um, well, anybody can unlock vats. I mean, yep. it's a it's a whole different world we're living in. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, because like you know, we almost went down uh, and bought we almost bought HP tuners uh, when we went to PRI 2017. Uh, almost like signed up to be a dealer with them and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I was like, man, I just don't need to know this yet. But damn, I wish I would have, you know, because like there's so many times where we've paid somebody to unlock it or, or touch something up that I could have done myself, you know? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, luckily uh, on like the old truck, the, you know, the turbo LS and the, and Stanley, our old truck, uh, Robert, Lee, Robert Lee does all of our tuning on it at NWA street works. So yep, that helps yep. me because he's done a lot of LS tuning and stuff like that. So Oh man, um, we've got some guys here that are getting into it. Uh, there's a there's a younger guy that lives a little about an hour north of me who's a real hot shot with it, and uh, he'll be he'll be doing most of my tuning. Um, that's awesome. Here at the here at the shop, and then if I need little stuff, I've got another buddy of mine that's really good at it too. But he's just really super busy with his real job. Yep. And uh, so we don't get as much time to hang out. But man, um, it, it just. Uh, one of these days, I'll get back to my Chevrolet, but I've got this XJ now, and that XJ ties my family back together. Yeah. Um, you, you talked about it in, in an episode with the uh, with the uh, gambling in the Ozark guys. Yep. About how you had these projects and you couldn't get your whole family in it, so you buy a Jeep. 
yeah. and that's what we've done. And and I'm just in such a position to where um, I've purchased a high pinion Dana 60 for the front and a nine inch for the rear, and I'll do a full custom suspension underneath it, and we'll probably go gambling, and Dude, we'll probably cool. probably go low key overlanding and. Yeah. It's going to be – I've never been a four-wheel drive guy, dude. Yeah, I've, me either. Ne- I've never owned a four-wheel drive until I bought this Jeep. This Jeep's got to have my name on it. It's got to have my touch. Oh, yeah, dude. So, like, what is my touch when it comes to four-wheel drive stuff? Well, I want to be as low as possible on the biggest tire possible with the <laughs> most ground clearance. Yep. I want that low center of gravity, but I don't want my fenders cut smooth to the hood. Right, so Dude, there's a happy cool to medium see, to see your build process of it. I don't know if I'll turbo the four liter or Dude, NA uh, an LS. Dude, turbo the four—that's cool, man. Turbo the six. I'm, well, I'm I'm a fan of that. If I turbo the four liter, it's gonna sling a rod. Yeah, but they're 150 okay. bucks. <laughs> You don't <laughs> and see a buddy of mine who's kind of a not a hardcore Jeep guy, but he's a Jeep yep. guy. He's had a couple of XJs. He says that putting a V8 in a Jeep brings a curse upon you that can't be fixed. Yeah, it's called horsepower. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, listen, it's I like called it. a whole lot more better. <laughs> yeah, right. And uh, here's the thing, though. Really, and if you're going to wheel it, and an NALS is hands down a better better option. Just oiling and well you know all that shit i mean it's just easier to keep up with you're not worried about oil flow and turbo piping and banging something off a rock or something or tree while you're in the trail looking for an overlanding camping spot you know yeah so so yeah i mean ls is easier it's easier to grunt you know you're not going to need the rpm to make the torque all that kind of shit yeah there's a lot to it um plus like uh transmission options and transfer case options Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, you're, so, you're in way better position. You know, um, and then trying to figure out what axle, you know, what gear ratio to go with. And it's it's a lot of new to me, and uh, it's, a, it's an adventure that I'm ready to take, but it's about being patient. And I think uh, we go back to old cars and how they teach patience about how, yeah, when your when your junker won't crank and on a cold morning, you got to figure out because the idler valve stuck or your bowl's yep. frozen well, shut and, or something. And that's another one of the points on why everybody needs a project car is patience. It's, Man, you're putting together a pretty it. good series. I'm telling you, dude, it's going to be it's a good. This I think it's all going to be one video. It's going to be about 15 minutes long, and it's going to be this is why everybody needs an old project car. Good so, stuff, man. Good stuff. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. So, th- now here's the thing. That's kind of the end of my notes, but there's a whole bunch of other shit we got to talk about because <laughs> we got to talk about Prescott Raceway and your announcing and promoting skills. Because, and I don't talk about our charity stuff on the podcast very much. Um, I hint at it sometimes, but I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell the full story here real quick, and then I want to get into kind of how maybe you can help us. Okay. Hey, go so ahead, for, man. Since, uh, well, I don't know, we're in our eighth year now of hosting a charity drag race that benefits the Northwest Arkansas Children's Shelter. Okay. Uh, which obviously takes kids not from just Northwest Arkansas, but takes kids from all over the state of Arkansas. And yep. uh, they, 
help and house, you know, 40 to 50 kids at a time and all this kind of stuff. So it's a great organization. It's they're amazing people. They're always super helpful. They like the, the kids help hand make the trophies we give out for our classes and all this kind of stuff. Right. Oh, that's awesome. Oh dude. It's awesome. So we've raised over like, I think right at $30,000 or something in the seven years we've been doing it, six years raising money. So Dude, that's it's, amazing. It's really a lot of fun. Plus, like I sold cars for a long time, so I had no time. So when I had all this time from not selling cars anymore, my wife was like, I was like, what am I going to do? I, I have every Saturday off now. I don't know what this is like. And so that's when we started formulating the shop and building the shop in the yard and all this kind of stuff, right? But I was like, let's do car shows. And we're only ramping up and up. Each year gets a little bigger. Each year we raise a little sure. more money. So... Sure. I say all that to butter your ass up to ask if you'll come and be our announcer for this year. Here's what I'll do. Oh, man. Are you sure you want me to be the announcer for your event? I'll let you you sleep in the shop. I mean, how great could that be? (laughs) As long as you let me sleep in, like, I can cuddle up with Stanley. Um, oh, you know, trucks it's, have, a, it's a bench seat. You're good, man. Trucks have beds, man. I think I think <laughs> we can definitely work that. Hey, listen, in all seriousness, um, absolutely. I can't say no, uh, couldn't say no, wouldn't say no if I had to. Um, <laughs> it's just, man, that is such an awesome deal. Um, so uh, what um, – Oh man, there's a so, lot to it. I don't know if I don't know if we need to cover it in the podcast. Uh, there, there's a lot to it. I just, well, I, I'm sure we'll get into that. But um, yep. obviously, we're looking at drag racing. Oh yeah. Um, are we doing prep? No prep. Bracket index. Oh yeah, dude. So it's a it's a prep. Uh, we have uh, five classes in our elimination class brackets, and then we have um, we we do it all started as a fun run day, and so it's yep. just open track. Everybody and everything for our charity based stuff is based on ET, but we okay. have like literally twenty trophies, fifteen twenty trophies of random ass shit like. Quickest reaction time, best three average. We have like the Iron Man trophy, which is like whoever makes the most passes in this time. We have uh, Harriest Pass. I mean, like whoever does the biggest wheelie. I mean, all this kind of random shit. So we have yeah. a ton of fun with it. And then, like three years ago, we wanted to get some higher caliber racers. So we started elimination racing. And so we yeah. have, you know, like True Street and Big Tire, Small Tire, Truck, all this kind of shit, you know. All the normal stuff. But then last year, and we're doing it again this year, is what we call the Dragon Drive event. Which is like a mini drag week, mini Rocky Mountain race week. Okay, yeah. That's big right now. Oh, yeah, big time. So I'm actually getting to go on Rocky Mountain Race Week for the first time this year uh, for Rocky Mountain Race Week 2.0. So I'm kind of pumped about it. You should Um, be. Yeah, well, because, like, you know, we're taking the NARCS cart. And my goal is to bother Cletus McFarland enough that he invites us down to the uh, Freedom Factory. That's my um, goal. Well, you know, I got to meet Cletus this year. Did you really? Um, I got to meet Cletus, and I got to meet the boys from Roadkill. Um, Ooh, that's cool. I, I didn't get to meet Fryburger. Dang. Um, well, I like Finnegan more anyways. Well, Finnegan, 
uh, if you watch Roadkill, there was an episode. They did an episode at Prescott Raceway. Really, um, that's cool. They uh, they built a diesel Ford travel wagon or something okay. with a Cummins in it. Uh, Finnegan had a truck down at Extensive in Houston. Uh-huh. Uh, he had a little white Toyota pickup, and they filmed the episode. They trailered that Toyota. Well, the, the there was a hurricane that hit Florida, I think, and they were supposed to race on Cletus's uh, turf, basically. Right. Well, it just so happened that Finnegan was down here in East Texas, and we were the closest racetrack that would house them. And so they had a little – there was no fans. They just showed up at the track. We had staff on hand in case anything happened. And, uh, man, they had a fun time, really really thought a lot about that track. And um, we got That's to cool, see uh, – Cletus has a bagged Lincoln – with a Cummins in it? Oh, yeah. that That's what he raced Finnegan in that, that Cummins-powered wagon. Dude, that's badass. It's on this very, it's on this season of Roadkill. All right. Uh, it's like the third. If you got Motor Trend, it's like the third episode. Okay. Third or fourth episode. It's the diesel drags or something. But, yeah, man. So, I, I would think he – you know, you talk about a guy that's just about loving fun. Yeah. So, uh, you know, would you say that he's kind of the cart, the the cart? I don't know. The, did, did he start all this with that that thing he built? Uh, no. I mean, carts, death carts have been around for a long time, but he definitely okay. made it more popular, for sure. Okay, well that we, makes sense. Yeah, we've I've wanted to build one for a long time. We just I never had like I'm a one project at a time kind of guy, and That's so a I, I, well yeah and a curse. So the <laughs> the dilemma because like again, learning patience. If you're pissed off at your project, but you've only got one project, you have to get over your shit and get to work on it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So like yeah, if I get pissed true. at the cart. I can go, I can work on the old truck. Now we work on customer stuff most of the time, but because now our stuff runs right. But like while I was while I was building the the old truck, I I was like I want to build a cart, but I just don't have the time. And the reason the cart came along for us was because I needed something. I, we got to the point really where I needed something I could haul all four of us, you know, the wife and two kids. So. And we needed something that was going to grow the channel because we're giving the cart away once the YouTube right. channel hits a million views. So I wanted something that did all of that. And, dude, I mean, if you cut up a 90,000-mile Grand Marquis that had literally never been smoked in, like, that's <laughs> got to be good karma for the car community, right? I'm, I'm with you. It's, it's something at least for sure. Yeah, right. So that's our goal. I, I've always wanted to do like a Rocky Mountain Race Week kind of event, you know, and I'm not a huge drag racer, but I'm like a street truck drive them kind of guy, you know, and that's why we built, that's why the truck makes 500 and idles in traffic all the, all day. It's because that was our goal from the very beginning, you know. Well, man, if, if you can, I know you can take stuff and edit it around, but I think we're going to all be in this kind of together one day because my my Chevrolet uh, that we've talked about, yep. it's kind of getting a pretty heavy power plant. 
Yeah. Um, uh, board 30 over six later with twin 66s. I think God. ought to do the job. Dude, and that thing's going to weigh like 3,100 pounds, 3,200 pounds maybe. Yeah, see, I, I never I never have understood why J.J. calls that truck old heavy. That, <laughs> these, trucks, these trucks are lighter than any other truck. I think the 3,100 series Chevrolet weighs less than an S10 does. It may. I mean, I bet it does because you don't have, like, there's no door bars and all that kind of shit inside the doors. And there's not, like, four layers of stamped sheet metal to make a panel work. You know, it's like they put right. one panel on the outside and one panel on the inside. You're driving sheet metal. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. So, so yeah, uh, you know, I'll, I'll couple that to a 480. Uh, I've yep. got a guy here that builds, that's fantastic at building transmissions. Yep. And, um, all and that'll kind of yeah, channel a, through a Ford 90. Drive and a 28 inch tire and roll 80 miles an hour burnouts, you know? I want to do 200 miles an hour. Whew. That's a bunch, bro. <laughs> I literally want to do 200 miles an hour. Wow. That's awesome. And so, so we're talking yeah. about like, like 355 gears. Yeah. Um, and the thing I is, did, like, as, and like the 80 first gear isn't really that deep, quote unquote. But dude, with 800 horsepower, you're not going to have an issue getting it going, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and like we say, it's just going to be, it's going to be built more for drivability. Yep. Because that's my whole goal. Self built yep. fabric chassis is not about SEMA trucks. It's not about show trucks. It's That's about awesome. trucks that you can drive every yep. single day without yep. worrying about having an issue. Yeah. And dude, that makes so much sense. That reminds let's let's talk about Jay's truck for a minute because uh, that's his goal of that is to daily the daily. Like yeah. He, yeah. You know, so excuse me. Um on the front end, it was supposed to be like a, a heavy half-ton truck, but it wasn't or something like that, right? So, but are you, you're building new arms for it, right? Yep. Yeah, Golly. it'll be, uh, it'll be, oh, man, I, I really don't want to get into the what the truck was. We'll just get into yeah, what yeah, it let's, is. Let's skip all that. Um, it'll, it'll, it's going to have a three-quarter ton front hub assembly uh, using a three-quarter ton spindle. And the rear, it's going to have a full-floating 14-bolt corporate GM axle. Dude, that's awesome. And so it's so it's four-linked back bagged, right? It'll be parallel four-linked in the rear with sleeve bags, and it'll have a full custom front suspension, hand-built upper and lower control arms. Dude, that's badass. Um, with actual, like, the right stuff that a dually's supposed to have. That's cool, man. Yeah, because it was using some adapters to get there. And it was yeah, like adapters it was, on adapters on adapters. <laughs> it was never anything more than a buttered-up half-ton factory truck. Man, that's cool. Oh, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be awesome. I think I think it's really going to be different. I mean, it's not going to be towing a gooseneck or nothing like that, but it'll right. be pulling a, pulling a flat-deck car hauler. So Dude, I think it'll cool. be okay. <laughs> Um, all right, what else we need to talk about? I feel like there's so much shit. Because, like, you're really the first person. So, 
Um, I interviewed and had Jared Bowen, owner of Old School Sheet Metal Repair, and I didn't yeah. know him before I, I met. But I, I really, really don't know you. Like we, we have, we haven't had like. I went out to Jared's to do his, and it was like an hour and a half long conversation before we even started the podcast. But shit, you and I talked for the first time. 10 minutes before Yesterday. the podcast started. Yeah. 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 So this is a first, man. And I really, I am grateful for the opportunity. And I, there's going to be a lot of this that you'll cut out and get it whittled down to an awesome podcast. Hell no. We're, dude, I'm putting this in like it's been recorded. <laughs> Are you kidding me? This you can like listen a, to this and be like, what the hell? Yeah. This is going to be like a true set down, man. So I'm definitely yeah. thankful for the opportunity. But yeah. Um, man, we talked about wanting to get into drag racing. Yeah. And uh, and what I kind of know about drag racing, and listen, I have got a lot of credit to give to Jackie Lewis and Prescott Raceway uh, for the opportunity he gave me to be the announcer and promoter at that track for a little over two years. Um, I got to see some big events. I got to be in the tower for some big events. It's not like I'm not associated with the track anymore. It's just that I have um, went back to self-built fab and chassis full-time. Yeah. And it just takes up all of my time. But, man, I have got to meet so many people. Um, Dude, that's awesome. You know, uh, I, I think there's a guy, there's this guy up there in your neck of the woods. He's kind of a real small-time drag racer. Um, he's got a blue fox body Mustang. I think his name is like maybe, maybe help me out here. Uh, oh, you mean Dan yeah, Kelly? Derek Kelly, does hey, that name ring? Does that guy? Does, does he ring a bell? Hey, you know what's you? funny? You know what's funny is uh, let's see. You and I started messaging what Wednesday? Yeah. Tuesday night, I messaged him and I'm like, dude, I need you on the podcast. He's like, I'm in. I was like, okay, when can we get together? He's like, in three months. <laughs> He's like, I got too much racing going on right now to get together. I'm like, damn, man. I said, so I, I said, I, I got to figure out how to, like, call people on, you know, like, do all this. So then you that's know, where it started. I met, I met Derek at Armageddon three years ago. Strangely enough that Armageddon's going on this weekend. Um, yep. I opted not to go because I have too much here going on here at the shop. But yep. I met Derek the first time at Armageddon about three years ago. And you talk about a cat that is just as cool as the other side of the pillow. Oh, dude, he's awesome just so kind of laid back about maybe the fastest street car in america yeah i mean that car is legit fast it's it's legit fast for sure um and man just getting to meet guys like him um just be getting to be a part of uh uh brandon phillips uh and the louisiana nightmare getting to be a part of his team hanging out with those guys great people um Chris knew, uh, you know, the, these guys that are hard, hardcore drag racers. And they've been around this for so long. They just kind of all adopted me and, and kind of looked at me knowing, knowing what my, um, knowing what my skills, skills are, excuse me. Yep. And, and getting everything, you know, kind of going for them. I saw like these turbo cars, uh, getting to work on these turbo cars, um, is what they brought to me. Um, at, uh, 
at this last race that JJ had down here at Prescott. Um, uh, it was so busy. It was like the the biggest stage that I think I've ever really been on. Um, oh, that's cool. I mean, we drove. Uh, Jackie Lewis drove his uh, one of his Mopars. Um, in the street shootout at Armageddon. And it just, it, it was awesome. But at, at JJ's race, I was there with Brandon Phillips and Louisiana Nightmare. I staged him up. I lined Dude, him up. Cool. I brought him to the line. Um, and uh, Chris New drives a car they call Little Hooker. Um, that's a pro-charged 69 or 70 Camaro that's owned by Greg Welch. And I got to drive it through the pits. And yeah, so that's cool. it's, it's really been an eye-opener. And I'm fortunate to those opportunities all because I got the opportunity to work at Prescott Raceway. And uh, it's really opened my eyes to drag racing. And uh, I've got to meet some of the street outlaw guys. Um, uh, you know, got to hang in close right. proximity with those guys and just kind of be a part of the business. Um, and you know, let, hang- let, let me get your opinion on this because I, I think car guys are probably one of the only groups I've ever been around that's like this. Is like it doesn't like if you're a car guy, you're in the club. You know what I mean? I'm not talking about like somebody that buys cool cars because they're cool cars. I'm talking about like true car guys like you, like me. Like if you're a car guy, like you're in the club, you can hang out and you get to meet some of the coolest people. And like rich car guys and poor car guys are still all car guys. You know, yeah, I mean? you, you can my, all hang out in the same group and talk my, about the same stuff. My honest opinion is for the most part, um, it varies. There's a lot of money in drag racing. Oh, yeah. Um, there's just a ton of money. And it's, it's man, it's for honestly kind of hurt the business because of how serious the money has gotten. Right. Um, and there's guys, spend, guys spending big money to want to go win big money. There is so much friggin' money out there being spent on speed (laughs) i like it it's just you know um that's like me with this six later i'm building uh brad west cylinder heads and uh coots and companies doing the blocks dang Uh, dude it's just because you know where to spend the money and you know where your money's spent right yeah Um, what's your what's your horsepower goal on that car Thirteen fifty. God damn, that's, that's gonna be nuts, dude. I mean, honestly, thirteen fifty. That's awesome. Um, with that's, about eight, that's more with, than double what the old truck goal is. With about <laughs> eight, with about eight hundred usable horsepower. Yeah. Yeah, um, but click that button over there so we can get all of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, full fence. And, like, I didn't – and I'll be honest with you. I didn't come up with that number, okay? When I was building this motor, um, I was thinking 750, yep. right? My tuner, he goes, 1,300. <laughs> what? I said, what? <laughs> what? 1,300 horsepower? He's like, dude, you're talking about a, like, 
motor that has that sees no problem doing its job, and then you're putting twin sixty sixes on. Oh, that's awesome, dude. I it just I don't I, I there's a point to where I get I don't understand that stuff. Man, that's awesome. Um, a, a fuel injection is a direct gift from God. Yeah, and just turbos were just the the ante on that yeah. deal, the ante up. So. It's really about how much money, and and I'm I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I'm not throwing the house at this thing. Right. Um, Coots is gonna punch the block and true the crank, and I'm gonna do the assembly. That's awesome. Um, I've disassembled my head, heads. Brad will do the valve job. He'll put the valves and springs in it, and I'll get them back. Um, just because I don't have a bunch of money to spend. But I'm going to stretch the dollar as much as I can. And I think that's what it's about. I think that's the name of the game for me. Because I'm not trying to build a drag car. You know, I'm not trying to go to these no-print races. I'm not trying to race on the street. I'm trying to load my son up on a Thursday afternoon and head to the, the heart of America to do Midwest Drag Fest. There you go. Or Rocky Mountain Race Week or Hot Rod Drag Week or Hot Rod Power Tour. Yep, just cruise it, and that's what's cool, man. Like I drive the old truck, like it's still the stock four eight in it. But I let a kid in a Fusion the other day see it, and dude. It lit the tires are like thirty miles an hour. <laughs> like this is what's up. It blew his mind, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, hey. And- so here's the deal. I've got I've got four questions. I got to ask every guest. And St- Stephen is waving at me. So here's here's what we're gonna do for everybody. We're gonna have a part two in like two or three weeks with you back on man you don't have to do that no dude I, i'm telling you because the best thing is like once i get all these first podcasts out of the way with people then we get to real shit you know what i mean i feel like we yeah. can lay that backstory and then lay the then we do a real sequel where we talk about because i'd love to pick your brain on like real in-depth suspension geometry type shit you know what i mean so all right all right so, that sounds fair Sorry, sorry to just cl- close it close, but I feel like we're uh, we're fixing to dive down this hole, and I don't have the Stephen. We're pushing need, it. We're yeah, pushing well, it. I, it, dude, it's another hour conversation at least, minimum. <laughs> so, so here we go. You ready? Yeah. What's the fastest you've ever driven? Man, uh, with uh, Jackie Lewis's Cuda, I went um, in the eighth mile. I went. Uh, this is super slow. I went 11:40 at I think like uh, seven, maybe seven eight, seven nine, or no, 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 78 miles an hour. 11:40 no, no, at like no, 78 miles an hour. I'm talking about like fastest you've ever driven anywhere. Ain't 78 miles an hour. Oh, okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, I had a, uh, I had a Suzuki um, street bike one time. Oh yeah. And I, I used to push it at 120 on the regular. Dang, dude, that's funny. So I had a, I I did motorcycles for a long time, and like I've been 157 on a bike, and that was all it had. I needed to lose about 20 pounds to get to 160. But <laughs> all right, and then uh, if you had these two bottles of stuff laying on the shelf, and you're working in the shop, and you had to choose one, are you a WD-40 or are you a PB Blaster kind of guy? I'm a WD-40 guy, but I'm really neater. Really? You just heat it up or crank on it? What What do you – is there a preferred lubricant? I use, 
I use a brand of products called Heal Lubricants, uh, made by Heal Manufacturing Company, and they make a Hilco lube that is second to none. Huh. Well, hell, I'm going to look into <laughs> like, that shit. <laughs> yeah, it's because, man, PB Blaster is so watered down these days. It used to be the shit, but, man, PB Blaster. But, yeah, if I had to choose between PB or Wild Dog, I'd go Wild Dog. Really? Okay, cool. Well, you're in the minority, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, though. All right. All right. Now, other one here you got, are you a, uh, if you're working on something and it's your personal stuff or work stuff, I guess, for you, are you bare hands kind of guy or are you a gloves guy? I'm a gloves guy. Yeah, I'm with you, brother. Because, like, I just like that extra bit of protection against my knuckle that I'm fixing to bust. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. All right, and this one may be a little harder. And now these these four questions, I, I didn't give you any insight into these, and I don't give anybody insight. So if it takes you a second on this one, I get it. Uh, what is, if there was no money involved, you don't have to pay for it, somebody's going to build it for you because you're a great human being and they want to write a big check. What is your dream car? My dream car, I can go ahead and tell you because I'm working on the deal right now. Um. I want my wife to be driving a four-door Cadillac every Ooh. single day. Like what um, your Cadillac? A ni- 1969 Fleetwood. Oh, son. Yes. Uh, big car, LS engine. Yep. You know, because like, we like live. We live on it, making about 600. She can surprise nah. some kids. And, yep. <laughs> just, uh, just. Pretty much, just pretty much a driver, but uh, bags, definitely bags, um, because my wife likes the Cadillacs, um, and it's, uh, you know, it's just kind of what I've always wanted to put her in, making it my dream. Dude, that's Um, awesome. We live in a day and age now where age of a vehicle really doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can buy a total rotted-out piece of junk, but with how easy it is to LS swap stuff nowadays, if you have a yep. Cadillac, uh, Jeff Jeff Davey with Devious Customs can hook you up with a Cadillac. That's awesome. Um, motor mounts, front suspension, rear suspension, I mean – you know, we just live in that day and age where almost nothing is unforeseeable or impossible. Right. So let, let me give you uh, something to uh, chew on here until our next time. You ready for this? Go ahead. Early 60s Suburban, Chevrolet Suburban. Yeah. But built as a estate, no, see, estate DeVille. Like instead of a sedan DeVille, like an Escalade from 1962. Dude, I'm telling you, go go full caddy interior from whatever matching year, right? Caddy interior. Yeah. I don't know how yeah. to I don't know how to develop the grill. I can't picture how to do it in my head. But like the simple like the twin headlight grills from those Chevrolet trucks would fit with those kind of caddies, things like that. So, you know, obviously modern suspension, modern drivetrain, but look right. like Cadillac built an Escalade in 1962. So think about that, and we'll discuss that on our next podcast. Man, we sure will.
Yeah, I really want to say thanks for spending the time with us. I'll get with you on uh, de- the date and stuff like that and how we'll figure out hotel rooms and stuff like that for you for uh, the 2020 streetcar shootout. Okay, that's awesome, man. I appreciate your time, and I'm sorry to run long in the tooth. I know it I don't creates it problems. Uh-uh, man, it was a lot of fun, and I can't wait for our next one. So. All right, dude. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate the opportunity you give me. Uh, special thanks to Michael Narks and <laughs> – Narcs Elected Customs. <laughs> yep. For well, having thanks, me on the Narcs cast. Yeah, man. Ooh, Narcs cast. I like that. I think that's what we may change the name to because, dude, saying Narcs Elected Customs podcast episode 22, that's a big old mouthful. <laughs> I think we'll call it the Narcs I'm, cast. I'm with you, dude. Well, man, y'all have a good night. Thanks for having me on the show. Hey, bud. Thank you so much. You're very welcome.